Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. I'd like to say hello to Thea and her big brother Nathan, who live in Australia. Hello to Layla and Logan. Hello to Noah and Jonah. Hello to Isabel Johnson. Hello to Leandra. And hello to Esther Wilson. I'd like to say a happy belated birthday to Soren, who turned seven on September 20th. A happy belated birthday to Thea in Australia, who turned seven on September 21st. A happy belated birthday to Taj from Philadelphia, who turned six years old on September 23rd. A happy belated birthday to Elliot, also known as Ellie Belly, who turned seven on September 25th. Happy birthday to Faisal, who turned six on September 27th. Happy birthday to Madeline, who turns eight on September 28th. Happy birthday to Finn West from Zama, Japan, who is turning seven on September 29th. Happy birthday to Augusta, who loves her cat Fluff Club and playing the violin. She is turning nine on October 1st. Happy birthday to Melody from Singapore, who will be turning seven on October 1st. And happy birthday to Quinn, who is eight years old and has a birthday October 2nd. Happy birthday to you all. I hope you have a wonderful day. This is the next part in our story about Red, the transfer student. Red is getting more used to her new home, but is minding the early mornings. The Solving a Mystery Club has found another mystery to solve, and they schedule a meeting in the cafeteria during lunch. This mystery needs the group to be out at night, and Red doesn't know how to make that work until one of them suggests a sleepover. Will they be able to solve this new case? The Transfer Student, Part 9. The Night Case. Red reached over to pick up her phone, and when she couldn't find it on the table beside her bed, remembered that she had left it on her dresser across the room so that she wouldn't press snooze. I really have to remember to change my alarm sound. It's far too happy, she thought. Hey, phone, snooze alarm, Red called, scrunching her pillow on top of her head. I'm sorry, I don't understand that request, her phone replied, and the alarm continued. Trying again, she yelled, Hey, phone, stop alarm. One moment. I'm sorry, I don't understand that request, her phone replied, and the alarm continued. Ugh. She dragged herself out of bed and walked over to the dresser to turn off the alarm. Though she was in much better spirits these days, 
and growing accustomed to all the greens and blues of her new home, she was still finding the early mornings difficult, especially after being up late reading books. At least she wasn't having bad dreams lately. Red, her mother called. Did you call me? No, Mom, Red replied. Okay, hurry up and get ready. Your breakfast is going to get cold and you will be late for school. She had thought of going back to bed for just a moment longer, but with her mother calling her and the smell of her favorite breakfast coming up the stairs into her room, it wasn't going to be possible. Why must I have such a keen sense of smell, she thought, as her belly started making noises with the delicious smells coming into her room. Smells like my favorite, waffles and syrup. Gurgle, 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 her stomach was talking. Red hurried to get dressed and go to the bathroom before Blue, her annoying little brother. She wished that she could put signs on the bathroom door like those on her bedroom, forbidding him from entering. But her mother said no, saying something about sharing and getting along. How could she get along with that stinker? Rushing to the bathroom, she saw that she was too late. Blue had been in the bathroom. It was a mess. Water was everywhere, and it was her responsibility to keep it clean. He even left his dirty socks on the floor. P.U. Ugh. Coming down the stairs to eat breakfast, she complained. Mom, can't we do something about Blue's messiness? Send him to obedience training or something? The bathroom is a mess again. Red, be nice. Here's your breakfast, her mother said, handing Red a plate of waffles and syrup. Your hot cocoa is already on the table. Hurry up and eat, Red's mother said, reminding her again. You don't want to be late for school. Her brother Blue finished his breakfast with a great big slurpy slurp, left the table sticking his tongue out at her as he went to get ready for his big yellow monstrosity that picks them both up for school. Red stuck her tongue out back at him. Red, that's impolite, her mother said. She could hear her stinky brother laughing in the distance. Oh, can we get a computer from back home? My phone's assistant doesn't understand me. And all it does is tell me the weather, Red asked her mother. No, Red, what you have is fine. You know very well that we can't use Martian tech here on Earth. Red reluctantly gobbled down her waffles. She preferred to eat them slowly, licked the syrup off her plate and gulped down her hot cocoa. She then got on her shoes and shuffled out the door dressed in her favorite loose-fitting dark-colored clothes. Red dressed for comfort and did not care about the latest earth fashions. Her big yellow monstrosity noisily stopped outside her house, 
the last stop on its route, and she waved goodbye to her mom as she got on the bus. Good morning, said Mr. McDonald, the bus driver. Mr. McDonald was always so cheerful in the morning. Good morning, Red replied, but not sounding as convincing as him. As she walked down towards the back of the bus, the only place there were ever seats, she was determined that this time she would not hit her head on the roof when the bus hit the speed bump on her street. Bracing herself with her hands on the sides of the seats, she didn't. Yay, a win, she thought. Getting ready to sit down at the back of the bus, the bus hit what must have been a large pothole, causing her to lose her balance and land on Charlie's lap, who had a runny nose again and a pile of used, wet tissues where she just fell. Yuck. Getting up, Charlie removed the tissues stuck to her pants and said, Ah, sorry, Red, and good morning. Morning, Charlie. Cold again? Yes. My mom says my body must be worn down from all the workouts in gym class. That's why I have a cold. Mm, Don't you spend most of gym class sitting down? Red replied. Charlie simply shrugged his shoulders and they sat quietly until they arrived at school. Red noticed Rachel, wearing her favorite shirt with a book and worm on it. One of the other members of the Solving a Mystery Club was also on the bus, but she sat with her eyes glued to a book, not even realizing that Red had got on the bus. The bus arrived early at school so Red was able to get to her desk in room 215 in record time. She arrived to see Charlie, Alexa, and Rachel standing around her desk. Their teacher, Mrs. Johnson, hadn't arrived yet, and they still had 10 minutes before the morning announcements began. How did my friends get into class before I did, she thought. And did I just think of them as my friends? She would have to consider this change in how she thought of her classmates later, as they all seemed quite concerned about something. Was there an unannounced test? What's up? Don't tell me there's a pop quiz. Rachel spoke first. Pop quiz? When have you ever been worried about a test? No, I think we have a new case for the Solving a Mystery Club. Really? Has Mr. McCaskill come up with something for us to solve? No, this is much more serious than that, Alexa said. Just then, Mrs. Johnson came into the room and said, Good morning, students. It's a beautiful day today. Why don't you all slowly make your way to your seats so we can begin another day of learning? Let's all meet at lunch in the cafeteria and discuss the new case. Rachel whispered. I'll let the others know in our group chat, Charlie replied. Then Principal Burke started her daily monologue. Good morning, woodchucks, boomed Principal Burke. Today is Friday, a cohort B day. I'm pleased to announce that our chicken nugget problem has finally been put to rest. Meatless nuggets are now available at lunchtime. 
Red could hear the groans from all the students in the school, except for Kurt and Alexa, who loved the nuggets. Yuck. The morning class went by quickly. Red was still far ahead in her understanding of math and science, but she still had a difficult time with all the idioms used in the English language. What exactly does keep an ear to the ground mean? And why would anyone want to press their ear into the dirt? And eat like a horse? That sounds disgusting. Red walked quickly to the cafeteria, but not too quickly as to receive a warning from Mr. Nozel, the mountain and Principal Burke's bodyguard, who was hall monitor today. Take your time, woodchucks. Maplewood is a safe school, she heard his booming voice say. Despite her speed, she noticed yet again that she was the last to arrive. Kurt had what must have been six orders of nuggets on her plate. Alexa seemed to be eating potato chips and a hot dog, and Charlie and Rachel, like Red, brought their own lunch. Hey, you finally arrived. You really should join me on the track so that we can work on increasing your speed. Even Charlie here is faster than you, Kurt said jokingly. What do you mean, even? Charlie asked, pretending to be upset. Sorry, Charlie, but you are a bit slow, Kurt replied. Hmm, maybe you should find someone else to help you quickly write your papers, Charlie said with his nose in the air. Just kidding, just kidding, Kurt said laughing. Well, I had never thought that I was slow until I came to Maplewood, Red replied. Red sat down and took out what her mother called a sandwich to eat for lunch. How a sandwich became a name for bread with some meat and vegetables in between it was a mystery to Red. Did the name originate at Halloween? She would have to ask during her next English class. Okay, so let's dispense with the usual chit-chat, gossip, and teacher complaints and get right down to business, Rachel said. We have a very strange phenomenon happening in our backyards. Scary, even, Alexa interrupted. Yes, it certainly is unsettling. You have dancing raccoons, too? asked Charlie. No. (sighs) Alexa and I live close to one another in the neighborhood, near the start of our bus route to school. As you know, it's not that far from here. Walking distance, really. And every night, we have seen something strange in our backyards, Rachel said. Kurt said she had seen something similar as well. That's right, but I tend to be asleep early some nights, so I haven't seen it as often, Kurt said. Have you noticed anything strange in your backyard at night, Red? Alexa asked. No, not unless you consider my brother Blue running around outside in his tiger pajamas strange. Red replied. Hmm, Kurt said. What have you been seeing? Red asked. We have both been seeing lights floating in the backyard, sometimes high above the trees, sometimes they float around in the garden, Rachel said with a tone of concern. Sometimes the lights are green, 
and sometimes they are bright red. You sure it's not just somebody with a flashlight looking for buried treasure, Charlie asked? It could be, except they would have to be able to fly, since often the lights are above the trees, Rachel replied. Maybe it's ghosts or aliens. That must be it. There are aliens looking to make contact with students from Maplewood, Charlie said excitedly. Red took note of that idea. I really hope this phenomenon that they are seeing has nothing to do with the AID, she thought. She hadn't seen any indication that they were still upset with her joke about being from Mars, and she didn't notice them in the neighborhood recently. Ah, well, it could be anything, but that's why we thought this would be a good case for the Solving a Mystery Club. We thought we could get together and try to figure out what is going on. Red and Charlie, what do you think? Are you interested? Alexa asked. Sure, of course. But if this happened at night, I don't think my parents would let me stay out after dark on a school night. I have too much homework to do, Charlie said. I'm in the same situation, Red replied. How about a sleepover on Saturday night at my place? That way it won't interfere with homework or Kurt's early morning practice, Rachel asked. I think that would work, Red said. Red thought her mother would be pretty enthused that she was invited over to someone's house. She was very concerned about Red fitting in with the local inhabitants. I'm pretty sure it will be okay, Charlie said. My parents always seem happy when I am out of the house. Great, then let's all ask our parents and say that we will all meet at my house at 6 p.m. on Saturday. I'll order the pizza, and you guys can bring snacks, Rachel announced. Let's all confirm via our group chat, Kurt said. And with that, the bell rang, signaling the end of lunch period. Red walked to her next class alone, deep in thought, worrying that what her friends were witnessing had something to do with the AID. And that's the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight.